Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of the Upscale Business Podcast. Uh, we've got the new segment on. This is our third episode, and we are running Struggle Street with Tom and Mitch. How are we, Tom? Mate, I'm good. Um, always excited for this time of the week. Can't believe it's already rolled around. But, yeah, pumped um, and ready to, to have a bit of a chat, man. Mate, I'd like the listeners to get to know you a little bit better today. So I'd love to uh, hear one interesting fact about Tom, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this. With Tom, where are you currently coming to us live from? Coming live from a little place called Changu, Bali. Um, so it's a pretty interesting part of the world. Been here since the start of the year. Um, really enjoying it. And I suppose a little fun fact, something that I've, uh, I suppose, become obsessed with um, over the last three months is a little game called Paddle. So for those playing at home that haven't heard of Paddle, it's essentially a combination between tennis and squash. Um, still little known about the sport in Australia, I think, but it's going to take off. So look out, um, try and find a paddle court if you can, guys. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great sport and a lot of fun. Mate, uh, one of my good coaching friends, Dale Beaumont, actually is heavily involved in paddle. Uh, so I do know a little bit about it. He is constantly putting up photos on Facebook of it. So, Tom, I think you need to start putting some more photos of Facebook on it, of you doing paddle. Awesome. Mate, I can't wait till I'm back in Australia and we can we can have a game and uh, show you the ropes, mate. Perfect. Perfect. So for those that don't understand how Struggle Street works, uh, Tom, you and the team are you know on the ground each and every day. And when I say on the ground, I do mean virtual ground. Um, you are calling all of the people that are reaching out to Upscale Business Coaching, wanting to get on board and ultimately having that initial conversation with what their current struggles are what's happening in their lives, what is hard for them at the moment and what they want help with. And so this week you've picked a topic, uh, a bit of something that seems to be coming up quite a bit. What is it? Yeah, so this week one I've heard a few times um, is just around getting more work. So guys just being confident that they've got enough work coming through the door. And I thought there's obviously a million different ways of getting work, but I thought one thing that we could really talk on to be a bit more specific is how to focus on getting existing work with your current clients and also mm-hmm. using those clients um, as um, an opportunity to get uh, referrals and, and work through word of mouth. Um, I think that's a great way of getting work without having to spend money. Um, and there's yep. some pretty simple strategies that we sort of talk around here at Upscale around being able to do that. So um, that's this week's topic, man. Perfect, perfect. I think one of the most important things when we when we look at this this space, and we call it our current customer engine, you know, it's one of the five engines that we build in the lead generation space here at Upscale with all of our clients, is we need a way of actually establishing the fact, that, you know, are we doing a good job for people and would they actually want more work, you know, for us to do more for them, you know? Because at the end of the day, if you're not doing a good job for people, why would they want you to actually do any more for them? So it becomes really hard to actually get more work from current customers. And so... There's three main ways that we can actually establish the metrics here. Like what do the numbers look like? Like how many of these are we getting to actually know we're doing a good job or not? And we should ultimately be striving to get more of these. And it's three simple things. You you pointed out one before, which is reviews. We should be, if we're doing a great job for people, they should become our advocates. They should become our fans. They should happily give us reviews. Okay. And that can be on a platform like Google. It can be on a platform like Facebook, wherever it is. But the key to getting reviews is asking for them, okay, and doing a great job, okay? 
So if we're getting a lot of reviews, yep, the chances are we're going to get more work from people. The second one is referrals. If we are doing great work for people and they're happily giving us reviews and they're telling people about us, then ultimately we should be getting a lot of referral work. And the best thing about referral work is it compounds. And what I mean by that is, Tom, if I told you that there was a really great paddle court down the road from where you are, you would go down to that paddle court and you'd play there and you'd enjoy it and you'd have a great time. But because you went to that court based on a referral from me, yep, you would naturally refer other people to that court because that's how you got there. Okay, so referrals is the other one. And then ultimately, how much repeat work are we currently getting? All right, if we look at it in ratios, what I'd like to say is that we want to be getting reviews from 50% of our clients. We want to be getting referrals from around about 20% of our current clients. And we should be getting repeat work from about 30% of our current clients. Right? And if you work on those as really simple numbers, you can go, all right, you know what? If I'm hitting those numbers, I'm doing a great job. And it becomes really easy to ask the current customers for more work. Okay. And so how do we ultimately do that? There's a couple of key components in that. All right. And one of them is the fourth R in that equation. So we had referrals, repeat work, and reviews. The fourth one is reports. We need some form of something, something tangible to be able to give our current customers to show them that there's a whole other host of works that we can do. Okay, and what we advise our clients to do is make it really simple. Don't build your report on lots and lots of different things that you could do for them. Identify three to five things with not massive values to them. Because Tom, let's just say that, you know what, I walked into your house right now and I, I came in there and I was fixing your toilet. Right, But I also identified 50 other things that I could do. And I came to you and went, hey, fix the bathroom toilet. But you know what? We've identified that this and that need fixing. And it's going to come to 10 grand. You've never met me and I'm asking you for more than what you currently asked me to come into the place for. If I then said to you, actually, look, I just need to fix a shower head. It'll cost you 30 bucks. There's a way higher chance you're going to say yes to the $30 job than all the host of problems that I've found. So the big problem is that most people identify lots of thing that, things that are wrong and they try and go after all of them. No, all you're trying to do here is increase the customer lifetime value and get something small because then you can do that job well and then get another small thing and another small thing and another small thing as opposed to trying to just get maximum value from someone straight away. Okay. So the first thing here is that if you are looking for additional work from current clients, don't hit them with everything that's wrong. Hit them with the bare necessities. Hit them with the cheaper stuff first. Wow them, okay? You don't walk into a, a date and be like, hey, do you want to get married? You don't go for the big, the big show, the big gun straight up. You walk and you're like, you know what? I'm going to make sure tonight goes really well and then I'm going to hopefully ask you out on the second date and then hopefully that goes well. Yep, I'm not going to go first date straight into marriage. It doesn't work like that. Okay, maybe it does for some of you, but it doesn't for me. <laughs> Casanova, like you over there, Tom, does it work like that for you? Certainly not, mate. And I, um, I love how you brought it back to dating. It's, it's kind of your go-to, isn't it? But, yeah, I think you make a really good point. Another thing that, that I would love to bring up is I think um, a mindset around understanding that your current client is the most important client that you have, you know, yeah. so really understanding that, that there's so much that can be um, that can come from the current client that you have, whether it's repeat work, whether it's referrals, um, and it can just be little things that you can do just to really improve that 
that customer experience, you know, taking time to ask them how they're going. Um, one that, that we've spoken about before, Mitch, is doing a simple thing like um, on the way to, to work, on the way to a job site, you know, giving the client a quick call and say, hey, I'm just going past the coffee shop. Um, can I pick you up a, a cappuccino or uh, whatever you'd like? So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a good All little business, tip. Everything in business when it comes to your customers is about the experience. Yep. And what we do is, and I, I talked about this the other day in a, a little short that I did. It's like if we look at business as if it is a piece of art or it's a sculpture or is it something that's beautiful and we're ultimately trying to make it the best that we can make it, the experience is the best that we can, we're never going to lose. You know, your goal in business should be that you simply are trying to make the experience of working with you better than anyone else and you will win hands down every time, you know. Let's do a little bit of a rapid fire here. So you've given me one, all right, which is, you know what, calling them and asking them if they'd like a cup of coffee. I'm going to give you one. You give me one. Let's go for a couple of these and let's see if we can just come up with a bit, little bit of a, a back and pro of, of things, okay? So my one would be simply, really simple one. People do it all the time. It pisses me off. Don't park in the driveway or behind the car of your client so that they can't get out. Because if they want to get out, once you've arrived on site or you've arrived uh, at their premises, they have to ask you, then they feel like, uh, don't park behind them, park on the road and simply bring all your stuff in. Or bring all your stuff in, park behind them, bring all your stuff in, then move your car so that they still have ease of access. What's another one you've got? Something that can make the experience better. Yeah, love it. And I think this one works really well because it also, um, it's marketing as well. Um, giving them a little bit of something, something. So you could give them, um, let's say, a stubby holder as an example with yep. your brand on it. Um, you could give them a fridge magnet with your brand on it. Um, you yep. know, these are things that, that people use. Um, yep. They would appreciate. And again, it's it's free marketing. So that works really well. Yep. It's even like when you hop into an Uber. I love the fact that when I hop into an Uber nowadays, I'm getting a mint. Yep. And I'm getting a bottle of water. It's like, imagine how simple that is. Just grab yourself some mints and a bottle of water or something. And it's just something different. Okay. Yep. And it's called, it's reciprocity. Right? Reciprocity is really simple. Is if I give you something, you're more, you are more inclined to give me something back. Okay. They talk about a study, whereas if I give you one thing, you'll give me X. And the way in which they did it was in the States. If I give you one thing, one mint, on average, you'll give me a, a four and a half to five percent tip. If I give you two mints, you'll give me a 10 to 15% tip. But if I give you two, two mints and then I actually come to give you a third mint, you will give me a 21% tip. That's the average. Okay. Mm. And, and that comes down to all of those psychological benefits of making that ex- experience exceptional. Yeah. Okay. So you've got give something more. I'm going to go with one more. All right. I'm going to go with simply when we uh, walk into a home. We compliment the homeowner or we compliment the person on anything. Yep, we talk about something that is in their home. You know, we look around for photos of kids. We look around for um, different things that they might be doing. Maybe they've got a really nice car in the front in the driveway, whatever it is, okay? We just look at something and we look at, well, what can we compliment people on? What can we establish connections on? And what can we talk on outside of the job that we're there to do and create a relationship with someone? Yep. Love it. i got one more to try and uh, get the final word, mate. Mine would be um, making sure when you leave a site, it's at least as clean as when you got there. So spend an extra mm-hmm. five minutes just to make sure that things are spick and span, 
Um, you could do something really simple like, you know, take the rubbish out or something, you know, outrageous yeah. that they would just be, you know, so easy. It takes you one minute. Um, but imagine how, how great of an impression that would leave um, on the Man, client. I could, it's, it's, it's the same thing as when you book your car in for a, a service and they clean your car. Oh, there's nothing better. There is nothing better there's nothing than that. nothing better. And this is the thing. Most people don't realize that you actually did pay for that car clean. They charged yeah. you $30 extra. You just can't see it or $60 extra. They've built that cost in there somewhere and you can do the same guys. Like if it's going to ca- take you two extra minutes to take it out on the way in which you price, allocate yourself two extra minutes. You know, we're not yep. talking about going and doing things here where you don't actually make the money on it because business is about profit, but these little things all compound into getting more work out of your current customers. And then that's exactly what we're talking about here. How do we extract the maximum value from current customers in the best possible way, we provide an excellent experience, which leads them to giving us more reviews, more referral work, and more repeat work with them. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, we go from there. It's really nice and simple. Just be a good human and do a great job, and you will get more work. But you have to have, you have to have the guts. You have to have the the go about you to actually ask for more work, and you also have to make sure you've got the time allocated to run through a job in a really smooth way so it's not feeling rushed so that you can do more work if it presents itself. Love it. Nailed it, man. Perfect. Uh, mate, do you know what? I lay in bed at night on a uh, Wednesday night wondering what we're going to cover on Struggle Street because I never know what's coming. Um, and I like this one today. I like it's really simple stuff that everyone can do. Everyone out there has a customer that they're going to do some work for today or tomorrow or the next day or whenever. Um, and simply employing a couple of these um, differences can make a, a world of change on your monetary value. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. It's a, it's a simple concept. Um, it shouldn't be too difficult, shouldn't take up too much time, but like you said, makes the world of difference. Um, I think maybe uh, sometimes soon we can talk around communication with your clients as well, um, which sort of ties into this nicely, but um, that'll be for another week, man. Mate, I look forward to it. Looking forward to it a lot. All right, Tom, we will speak soon. Speak soon. Thanks, Mitch. Bye.